Good evening. Wednesday night, 10th of March. Had to double check there for a second. Um, episode 28 of So What's Been Happening? Um, not a lot's been happening right now with me, but let's check out what the other boys are doing. How are we, cuz? Good as. How are you, mate? How's your week Good, going? mate. Yeah, very good, mate. And the lovely, lovey. How are you, lovey? Hey, Cobber. How are you? Turning around on cue, mate. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah on, look, mate. get stuffed. I'm, uh, I yeah. can do that. Cuz does it every five minutes, so who cares? Absolutely. Okay. Love the tea, mate. Love the tea. It's going to be a good I might actually, I might actually, I'm going to change hats too. Just seeing, well, if Cuz gets his camera jump right, board, I'll. Uh, jump board. Jump board. We'll give you. Move your head. Don't move your head. Move the camera. We'll give you a wardrobe change. Righto, cuz. Here we go. Episode 28. Who would have thought um, of well, so what's been happening? Well, <laughs> where would you like to start? We, we we decided tonight was going to be a bit of a time capsule. But every time Correct. I put on any bit of news, whether it's Twitter, socials, print, television, whatever, fair bit of talk about what's happening over with um, the royal family and... <laughs> Miss Megan and Mr. Harry and <laughs> how that's all playing out. Yeah, no, no doubt one of your loves sitting back watching Oprah. So let's uh, let's bring back Lovey after a wardrobe malfunction. How are you, Lovey? Welcome back, mate. Oh, fair income. It's not a malfunction. It's 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 an improvement. It's uh, lovely Dave Cosmo who issued these to to us last Friday night. Fantastic little. Um, shindig, by the way, Swamplands, it was brilliant. So I enjoy myself thoroughly. Um, in terms of the Royal Family, honestly, we're gonna, I hope we give a bit of short shrift tonight on this Royal Family crap. I'm, I'm more concerned about the crap in my backyard for my three dogs than I am about that whole debacle. <laughs> Let's just, you know, good on them. They moved away from the Royal Family. I moved away from my mum and dad. They were my Royal Family. Who cares? Move on. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. We uh, one point three million people in Australia watched that wasted their two hours of their time that they won't get back. So I'm not sure what scoop they were hoping to achieve out of that. But at the end of the day, uh, what could you have been doing in the meantime? There are many things. To, uh, I'd rather listen to the rest of Megan's family and find out what where she, where else she went wrong because there's plenty of uh, plenty of knocks on her. That's for sure. Which was always going to happen. I'd rather listen to myself sing. Her sister Correct. was very complimentary about Megan once again. <laughs> once again. Yeah. But I the reason she's... I brought up straight away was when like, we put on the ABC News tonight because by the time we organised a few things and chasing around the, the kids and whatever, I said, I just want to the news. And we, we put on the news just in time to see um, the end of, the, obviously, the celebration of the life of Michael Gudinski, which we can touch on again a bit later on. But... Then the next thing was talking about the Meghan and Harry thing, but they weren't talking about that. They were talking about the guy, Pierce, when he did his little hissy fit. And oh, Piss Morgan. Yeah, I know. How good is he? <laughs> I'm done. No, that's it. See ya. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Won't, be, won't be the last time Cuz walks out on us, just to let you know, lovey, too. <laughs> oh, look, he could cry tonight. Take the bat and ball and go home. You've got, you've got to love that. And when they do it Correct. on this, it doesn't matter. What do you mean you don't respect? Oh, okay. Well, see ya. Thanks very much. Oh, I'm done. Yeah. 
down. I, I don't respect anything anyone else says. See you later. <laughs> that's yeah. right. So we, we talked. Uh, we talked about an episode of Time Capsule, and I think that's a great idea, Lovey. So, um, like a good wine, mate, we we will talk about um, different ways um, to throw things in the vault, so to speak, mm-hmm. and put them away for another day, and we'll find out whether any of this gold comes back to haunt us or comes back to fruition in the end. But let me start with uh, with probably some news we're all waiting for. I uh, wasn't sure what was going to happen, and it's finally happened today. And that's uh, the final, the, the retirement of the great Cameron Smith. Great to uh, great to see. Uh, testament and an absolute legend of the game. Oh, I think he's done the right thing and go out like that. Um, no doubt he's probably thought of the great, another great Melbourne Storm, Cooper Cronk, who went to the, the Roosters and won two premierships and probably thought, could he go and do that somewhere? Why would you, mate? He's done it all. Um, I think it's the right time to retire. Love your thoughts? Uh, ignore the one club player stuff. I mean, that doesn't happen anymore. No one really cares about that shit. So for me, it's it's more about the legacy he has left at Melbourne Storm. Um, now I, I look at different levels of sport and your best clubs in any sort of major sporting league or competition will have blokes like Cam Smith through it the whole way through. And... How many years did he play there? 18, 17 seasons, 17, 18 seasons, right? And he's won a flag every four years there. I, I still count. I hate – for what it's worth, I actually follow the Dragons, St. George Illawarra, and I I despise the Storm. But that their flag should never have been taken off them. Um, so for me, they've won four or five flags under Cam Smith. And I just think, you know, to have a bronze statue in an AFL town – for the for the opposing code says it, it's a real testament to the influence he's had on on our on our sporting landscape. Really, I, I and I love the bloke. I just love his I love his laconic nature. I love the way he goes about. Just I think life. He's not too serious about himself. Can take the piss out of himself. Craig Bellamy, um, anyone anyone that's walked past him, he's He's been really, he's been really kind to them as well. I mean, I've I've been to a couple of things and functions that he's been at, and yep. he he gives his time as good as anyone. So yeah, well done, Cooper. Uh, Cooper Cronk. Wow, well done, Cam Smith. I think um, oh, hopefully he stays involved with the Storm, but he'll, he'll stay in the game anyway. But hopefully it's with the Storm for their sake. Yeah, look, I my my kind of mail is that it might be with the Broncos. Um, just as a bit of an advisory, come on, um, be a coach in a few spots. He's got so much to offer and offer that more importantly, the state, things like the State of Origin team. And I think that's where he probably should slip in and start. Um, yep. Nice to be a yeah. Lovely, love it's beautiful. Great, great yeah, sound. Look, cheers to Kevin Smith. But the, um, the thing is, for me, look, he probably just wants to go home after 20 years. Yep. Why not? Yep, and I think he was wrestling with that decision, to be honest. Moved to Queensland, got up there, got his family settled up there, see how comfortable everything is. There's no doubt they came down here, um, you know, fairly fairly alone with no other family. I know mm. his wife, Barb, they basically had the kids together and had no one else other than Storm family, which is probably one of the reasons why the Storm was just so united after all those years. And I can't think of a player that hasn't been open to a conversation or a g'day or to anyone um, that walked up to him. So it's just such a great, uh, great club. And I'm not saying the AFL is not like that, but I think one thing the Storm do very well is uh, embrace anyone that's come through that building. So, and just on that, uh, 
today got unveiled the the uh, great bronze statues of uh, of two absolute Melbourne Storm legends, Billy Slater and Cam Smith. So that's going to be a great spot in Melbourne to get past and take a photo. My only comment to that is something I saw today, uh, which I've just got to find the image of. Have a look at this. Now, if you remember, Jeez. one of the one of the images that was of, um, I think it was a bit like, of a trick, trick on Beckham. Like when he was 30. Um, mate, there's no chance that's Cameron Smith. So right. I think they've uh, got the wrong picture there. We might have to do a bit of recarving. But the one of Billy looks good. Um, but there's no doubting it. Great legacy he's left. Cuz, give us your last word on that. Oh, look, as we are parents, we're loving our coach footy. You've been around footy with you work with game day and that as I know you know a lot of us, the Storm people and whatever, and you're pretty passionate to him, Storm supporter. He is the classic, he epitomizes I'm the leader, jump on my back. Hmm. I'm just gonna do it. As Lovey said, I'm just you're coming or you're not coming. But that also, he's not gonna belittle you if you don't come. He'd still be the first bloke. As you're not picking up here, mate, I'll pick you up and you better jump on as well. Yeah, and, and I think the fact that it's been that long, that even made me think, made him even seem a stronger person. Like if you look in terms of footy from an AFL perspective, or even in soccer, say from EPL, when someone goes, oh, I'm injured, I'm, I want to transfer, nine times out of ten, they jump ship. As Lovey said, he. He's written the book, rewritten the book, and walked and talked the way he's wanted to the whole way through. But at no time has he ever been too big for the thing. Like, from a personal point of view, as you both know, really good mate of mine, Tim Sim, he died of cancer a couple of years ago. And he was a passionate Storm supporter. Now, the way the Storm and Cam Smith, they put the day that we celebrated his funeral at um, Melbourne Park, where his membership chair was. They had a scarf and all that set up. Now, I know a lot of clubs do that, but to go there and listen to them speak about Tim, he wasn't a supporter. He was part of the Melbourne Storm family. And it's, that, it's those sort of stories that you hear, and when you see Cam Smith get interviewed, you don't, you maybe you want to listen to him or you want to speak to him. You want to be his mate. And learn from him and yeah he just it's cliched i know but he's just a good bloke yep absolutely and I, to be fair to everyone else i think a lot of clubs do that really well in the, in the yep. professional sports and never get enough credit for it so a mm. uh, big shout out to any one of those boys that's gone out on a community camp that didn't have to um that's gone you know and spent their time and and gone and done that and committed their time i mean you guys yourselves um do it for a pie after the game you know, to and you, there's no there's no tie tie for you guys to be there at a club like that. Um, your kids aren't there. You just you get involved in a club because you enjoy coaching and developing young blokes and and be around uh, another group and another big family. So, hats off to you uh, boys as well for being involved in a local club and moving clubs most importantly and starting again and grabbing another another challenge. So well done. Yeah, thanks, mate. And I appreciate that, mate. Like, even tonight, like, Lucas is playing for Monty, which I don't actually care where they play, my boys, whether it's footy, basketball, whatever. I think it's just fantastic with the, we know about the year we've had, 12, 13, 14 months, however long it's been. It was just good to see young 
boys and girls out enjoying themselves. And also, Speaking of, just, to, well. just to cut you off for two secs, mate, I know about enjoying yourself and I just want to do this quickly. We've yep. got a very special guest that wants to come on and just say a quick g'day. G'day, Dave. How are you, Gentlemen. mate? Gentlemen, how's it going? <laughs> oh no! Very good, mate. I know Dave's got a Dave's got a gig on tonight. Starts in about ten minutes, mate. So he's jumped on to say quick g'day. Jeez, the stage is all yours, mate. I just popped across the road here trying to get a bit of quiet here. I'm on High Street in Northcote, the, out front of the beautiful, uh, the beautiful town hall, as you can see. Oh, look uh, at that. what a great so, night! Yeah, there's a, a few people bustling about tonight for a bit of a cheeky midweek uh, get out on the town. How's everyone there? Good. <laughs> Good, mate. Hey, does Pharrell Williams know that you've stolen his hat? <laughs> I know. I left the house thinking, mate, I better saddle up. Got the horse. <laughs> get the water, get the rain, get the saddle out. I'm on the way. I'm on the way. And Chevy well, Chase, the-, the other two amigos looking for their shirts as well, mate. <laughs> All right, Snoozy. He's <laughs> gone with it again. Yeah, it's great. Beautiful face. Hang, hang on, Dave. <laughs> tell us uh, tell us a little bit about tonight's gig, Dave. Where can we find you? Uh, we're down at uh, Open Studio in High Street. Uh, I've not, not played here before, but I'm playing alongside a good mate, Adrian White, um, who I've been playing uh, in, with together in various projects over the last sort of five, six years. Um, and we're just sort of doing a couple of sets of cheeky uh, covers, rockabilly rock and roll covers, which is sort of a genre that we're both big fans of um we perform some of these songs in the show that we're in called sun rising the songs that made memphis so yeah, it's just nice to get out nice to get out with adrian and, and uh play a couple of couple of tunes live good nice what's your first song oh uh my babe my babe which um which is a song that was recorded by a a whole pile of different artists, but I like a little Walter version. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, we dig into a lot of the early Elvis and uh, Carl Perkins and Johnny Cash stuff and um, throw in a couple of little originals uh, along the way. So it should be a good night. Beautiful, Dave. Well, if, anyone, if anyone's not aware, get down there. Um, and it's a, it's a free gig, but it's also a case of put your hand in your pocket and throw some money in the kitty, mate, because uh, these three guys are too good an artist to play for free. So... Dave, thanks again, buddy, for jumping on, and good luck tonight. Thanks for having me, boys, and good to see you all Friday night down at Swamplands. It was great to catch up. Mate, it was fantastic. Thank you very much. All right, boys. Cheers, Dave. See you soon, buddy. See ya. Don't forget your six shooters. (laughs) (laughs) How good was that to have Dave on? Just a little sneaky preview advertised tonight's gig. Thank you. (laughs) Absolute superstar. And just speaking of that, we took a – Took a great photo of the boys together. The first time the So What's Been Happening crew has got out and about at a live gig with Dave. And um, Cuz, look like you brought someone else with you there. But um, <laughs> also the great the great Charles Jenkins came along with us. Um, how good is he? And another shot of Dave there live, which was fantastic. So how good is it to be out and about again, boys, and drinking a couple of cold ones and having a bit of fun and a laugh? Can we get half of my gut into the time capsule as well? Maybe that'd be <laughs> that'd be pretty well, good. Maybe, that's very excited me. Maybe that's the first time capsule prediction. I I would there predict you that you need to lose fifteen kilo. There you go. There's my first well, prediction. How long are you losing? Six months. Right on. So what have we got? Tenth of I've got. I wrote the date down before. Tenth of March. So tenth so of September, mate. 
just in time oh, before man. we start getting hammered again during final series with AFL. Okay. All well, right, let's let's make it let's make it packed, cuz. Let's make it packed. And this is a pack between the three of us. That uh, the three of us okay. are in the best nick we've been in for a couple of years. Come grand final day this year. Done. There we go. So to I'll September. I'll back myself in hundred percent there. Yep. Lovey's on his way, and yep. now he's just got to keep it up. Um, Cuz you're going to get black t-shirts otherwise. But you're looking, <laughs> you're looking good there, mate. We had a good night. We had a good night, no doubt. Um, great to get my lovely, lovely wife out and about meeting you boys too. Yep. Sorry, Cuz. Now, no, Cheeky Sitel there in the photo as well. Love to have her That's out right. as well. And Snuck the in. If you could bring up one the photo we didn't get a photo play. of. One we didn't get a photo of was Berkey, and uh, he's another part of this podcast that's been on and off. Um, and Berkey, we need you back, mate. So no good hiding in the background. Uh, Come on, mate. We need you we're in your wheelhouse, mate. It's music time, and we're that's what we've been talking about. We're going to talk about uh, in current shows. So Berkey, we need you, mate. Um, Come back, please, and save us. He's not still yeah. at Swamp Lands, is he? He might be. <laughs> Charles is Jenkins it? might be. <laughs> yeah. Is it, it was a great time that we took, Sorry, mate. Is it maybe time that we took the great say what's been happening in podcast? If Berkey can't come to us, is it time that we maybe pick up stumps and go to Berkey? On the well, road funny you say that. Funny you say that. We will work out our next version of a live, a live edition of the podcast. And I know, uh, I think we've actually had a couple of offers to do a live podcast in a couple of venues recently. So um, we're going to explore that one a little bit more and see what we can do there. Um, can we do that? Cause we'll get you a couch, Cuz. So you'll be right, yeah. man. A three seater, so no one else sits on it. Right. All right, let's let's start off with uh, a couple of predictions. So we've got a we've got a prediction of the best, the best, uh, your best version of yourself this year. Okay, so we're going with that one for September. Yep. Let's Good. go to probably no, undoubtedly one of our favourite loves, the AFL. Let's mm-hmm. start with a couple of uh, predictions and questions. I want to start with who's going to make the top eight. Can I go now, first? Yeah, yeah, first Clint. one. Let's, you go first, Glenn. Let's give I'll us your number one, one and two first. One and two. Replay this of is bef- uh, before finals. Yep. Before the finals start. Yep. So I think these two will finish top two and I think they will play off. Uh, Power and the Brisbane Lions. Okay. I think the Power. Could win it. Well, right. obviously, finishing top questions. two. That might, yeah. that might be another one. All right, that's yeah. top two for now. Cuz, who, uh, Lovey, sorry, who you got? I've got Geelong and Brisbane. Okay. I think, I think Geelong, Geelong have recruited the, uh, it's just, it's quite clear. They believe that 2021, 2022, and I get the sense that they're more than happy to then go back to the draft after that. So for me, I think Geelong will finish top two. They're too talented not to. And Brisbane, despite the tragic news of Cammy Rayner today and yesterday that he's done his ACL, I think they've now got some really strong depth um, and they will kick scores and they play 13 games up at the Gabba or in Queensland. So that's Brisbane for me, top two. 
and, and, and watching Geelong, just talking about Geelong, lovey. I know it's only a practice match, but I went and watched Essendon and Geelong on Saturday night and taking out the score, taking out whatever. But as you said, the structures, like they have definitely cherry-picked huh. Cameron, Smith, uh, Sean Higgins, all, yes, going towards the back end of their career, but all blokes who know what you need to get done in big games. Higgins has probably been a bit stiff where he's been to clubs where he's gone there thinking they were going to go okay and it hasn't worked out. Doggy's north. But I think he could be in that sort yeah. of middle. But the key thing is, Cars, and this is why I've picked your long top two, the key thing is your best teams have a really good, strong 18 to 22nd player cool. yeah. all the time. And Higgins wouldn't be in their best 18, but he'll be in their best bench, if you know what I mean. And if there's injuries, he can step up. They've got, they've now got enough talent for me to finish top two quite comfortably because of their depth. It's not superstars anymore. It's just depth. That's all it is. What about yeah, you, Ace? What do you think? I've got Geelong, Geelong and Brisbane to finish top yeah. two. So I don't think that's a massive surprise. Um, no. No. And my next two after that is Port and Richmond in that order. So just to finish off that five, the top five, I think uh, West Coast is the next one. So, yeah, no massive surprises in, in amongst that, I guess, but interested to hear your next three, cuz. So as I said, obviously I said Port and Brisbane, but then I didn't go in the sort of order, so to speak. I've got in there, in the eight, Richmond, Geelong, West Coast, Dogs, Saints, that's the seven, and then eighth, dartboard. All right. Now, well, you, well, you just you just didn't you didn't listen to what was asked of you then, did you, Cuz? Yeah. No, so that's okay. I haven't finished. Let me finish. So Fair I'm going to go with. Get the splinters out. Get off the up. fence and mind, put them in all. Love the bottom. Don't mind me while he's spill, spilling his gas. I'll just pull another one. Go, Cuz. <laughs> GWS to land out the eight. Righto. So give me so your, give me three, four, and five. Money. Three, four, and five yeah. in three, the order. Be in the order. Yeah. Geelong, West Coast, Tigers. Righto. You sound still a little bit splintered, Lane. Like <laughs> you're not, 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 not hard on the decisions there. All right. That's bottom, right. bottom three in the eight. You need a concrete fence. <laughs> the bottom three in that would be the dogs, the Saints, and the Giants. Okay. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna We're throw in up, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. gonna throw in dogs, Collingwood, and a smoky Carlton. Carlton. Carlton sneak in the eight. Play a final, <laughs> not ideal, but you got to have a you got to have uh, you got to throw caution to the wind when you have when you throw things in the time capsule. Lovey, who's your last three? Well, I'll give you my third, fourth, and fifth because Cuz completely you know destroyed my time in the sun on that one. Um, too busy watching you drink wine, mate. Apologies. Third, third shutter. Third, I've got West Coast. Uh, again. An interstate team with 13 home games. Um, you can't go wrong with that. West Coast third. I've got St Kilda fourth. And I have the Doggies fifth. 
I have Port 6th. I have Richmond 7th. And my smoky is because this is the best emerging midfield you will see in a long, long time. Uh, the Dockers will finish eighth. Right. And if everyone listens, if everyone just watches the, the the last season of the Dockers in their midfield and the and the way that they emerged in that last ten weeks in particular, um, a year under their belt, they're they're going to be a pretty special little midfield unit this year. So. For me, it's the Dockers that'll sneak into the eight and have a real good crack at it. No, it's, I see Richmond sliding a little bit, to be honest. Right. It's, it's, it's just that year too far for me. Right. Well, let's drop, drop that eight into the vault. In they go. Let's go. go with the next one. Um, <laughs> Bang. As far as. Okay. Who's secure? That's a secure-looking vault, by the way, Aaron. Well done. I like it. That's right. There you go. We haven't we haven't screwed the lid on yet, but it's just dropped in. <laughs> now let's go with uh, who's your who's your certainty to make the granny, and then who's the next club most likely to play him? Geelong certainty, and I can see Bulldogs sneaking into the grand final. That midfield is going to be complete. It's going to be elite, and if it gets on a one-month roll. It'll do what it did in 2016. So for me, I see Geelong certainty, and I reckon the doggies could pinch a few finals wins and get in there. Who? Okay. Just a, a question, sort of from that. Of the teams we've named, and we are pretty similar in the teams we've named, haven't we? Obviously, we're looking at interstate teams for the playing as many home games as they'll get. Mm-hmm. Which team of those teams that we've said, Port, Brisbane, which uh, Geelong, West Coast example? Who do you think's got the best midfield? Like if starting round one in six days, eight days, whatever it is, who has got the most elite midfield? Western Bulldogs. Yep. The reason why they won't finish top four is because they don't have forwards still. And if, they're still reliant on Norton. And they can still be subject to a big, big, a big score kicked against them too. So their midfield is just going to have to be elite, and that's why I think they will be. Yeah. Righto, mine. Uh, I reckon Brisbane are a certainty to get to the granny. There you go. And I reckon my, my smoke is Geelong to get to play them. So or my next best. So that'll be interesting. Oh. Hold on. You got Geelong as a smoky. Geelong made the grand final last year. How is that a smoky? Is that like it's a bit no, like no certainty, mate? Keep in mind, you know, certainty to even make the finals yeah. these days. So you can drop off pretty quick. You can be stuck with injuries. Things can go pear shaped pretty quickly, mate. Look what just happened in Brisbane with Rainer. Don't, don't don't accuse Glenn of being on a fence. Then your um your ledge is clearly a kilometer wide. So let's... I was very. Very quick with two certain, one certainty there, and and I think uh, my smoke, my, my smoke, my next best definitely is uh, is Geelong. So let's let's roll with that. Okay. All right, let's go with. Uh, Can I go with one more then? One more question. Yep. <laughs> putting putting. You're not real good at. Go for it, mate. If we all know where we your mob finished as. We'll get to that. We'll get to yeah, that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Um, all right, which player from another club, <laughs> and not your club? 
or not your favourite club will win the Brownlow medal? Oh. So, in other words, which midfielder will win it? Is that the question you're asking? Uh, yeah, almost, yep. <laughs> I'll, I'll kick it off. I'll kick it off. Marcus Bontempelli. Yeah, well done, Cuz. Thanks for letting me kick off. Righto, I'm going the same. So, well, we agree. We agree. Um, Based on I wouldn't what say certainty, but he's yeah. highly likely. Um, yeah, highly likely. The way he started and the way he finished. I, I think, and it's just my opinion, I think this year, with what he can do, he can go forward, play in the mids, hurt teams both ways. I think he could be more influential than Lockie Neal was last year for Brisbane. He had a pretty right. bloody good year last year, Bontempelli, and he didn't vote did. that well in the end. But they no, felt like vote. Plenty Can to you shoot the lights out. Yeah. Who's yours, uh, Lovey? I'm, I'm going to go a bit of a left field one. And I think this guy epitomises why St Kilda's on the rise, and that's Jack Steele. There's a bit of value for money on Jack, and the umpires do like him. And the best part about him is, yep, he goes to the best midfielder, but then he gets his 30. And he's, he's only going to get better this year anyway. He's only in his mid-20s. I mean, that's the frightening part about Jack Steele. Um, so if you want value for money and, and a bloke that will finish in the top five clearly, and I think it could sneak it, it would be Jack Steele, St Kilda. And there was a little, bit of whisper, a little bit of a whisper last year that he was going to poll all right, and he did poll well. And as you, often when they get spoken about when they've had a breakout year, hmm. often the next year they either win it or poll well again. So, yeah, hence, hence, don't believe any umpire that tells you they don't listen to the media. Of course they do. And I don't say that, sorry, to umpires watch, but that's you can't not listen to what's yeah. going on the way it is. So, Jack Steele, on you. Good work. Right on. Let's just have a little recap of the one thing that I noticed from, obviously, because we got to play them, Melbourne versus Bulldogs, but have a look at this. High kick into the pocket. Numbers all around. Off balance. Off Not a bad start, I would, yeah, I, I wish there were cameras out at Ringwood back in 96. I'd just be there <laughs> uh, the, the goals we thought we kicked, eh? Hang on. Uh, mine went, mine went in the full. That's I'm all right. That. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good. Righto. Have a break, cuz. Good to see you. <laughs> 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 um, all right. Next one. Let's go with the next one. Um, Please, you waited to 31 minute mark to bring that up, though. So I'm impressed. That's right. Who wins the 21 Coleman medal? Can we guess the goals as well? I reckon <laughs> it's going to be 48. Yeah, throw a number at it. Yep. 48 goals. It's putrid. Jeremy Cameron. Righto. You, you can't get you can't get the feed he will this year, and not kick a ton of goals. But it's only going to be about 48 for me anyway. Maybe okay. I'm being a bit facetious. It'd probably be in the 60s, whatever. But Jeremy Cameron will win it. Cuz, who you got? I don't Peter Street. He won't kick that many goals. He'll be a good target, but he won't be the leading goal kicker for the comp, I don't think. I think... I didn't ask you to critique my selection. Just have your own selection, pal. Just throw it in the yeah. vault, mate. 
Coleman, the Coleman, the Coleman. That's the one where they have a leading goal kicker, mate, for the whole competition. Blast in the past a little bit. Some say past it. I say Kennedy West Coast. Righto. What's the number? Oh, we're giving a number as well. 48. I'll go... Back to the future. 46. Righto. Very low on the goal kicking, boys. I'm going to be a little bit more confident and run with 60. 60 goals gets it done this year. And I'm going Charlie Dixon. So there you go. Yeah. Throwing a smoke, throw it in yeah. a... I reckon it's a good Mid-size. option. Mid-size four. Was it... Did Phil Material win the Coleman one year? From West Coast? Um, did he win it one year as a small four? I can't remember. got a funny yeah. feeling. Either, either he did, won yeah. it or came very close to winning it, yeah. 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 And any bets came close about three or four years ago at Adelaide. Yep. But how funny, right. that's an indication that, that the amount even you go, as going with 60 of we were lucky enough to see players 100 goals. The fact yeah. we're talking 60, like 40% left, like it's the change. Yeah, it yeah, well, we're a long way from... Um, Long way from big forwards kicking 100 again. I think we're more likely to see a high number out of a midfielder these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Bont maybe could be one that gets close to 40 or 50 even. So who knows? Who knows? Um, let's go with uh, the NAB Rising Star. And I know this is very early. Don't get me wrong. But um, there's a couple of names that I've seen floated around already and a couple that have got a bit of exposure early. Um, Matt Rowell being one that's come back into the mix. Uh, Excuse me, typing in the background here. Excuse me, typing in the background here because I'm actually trying to work out who's actually eligible. That's all right. (laughs) Can I? Sorry, what what is the eligibility? Because do you have to? How many games are you allowed to play in your first year? Because is that why Rowell's back in conversation again? Well, given you're a yeah. numbers man, Cuz, I thought you might be all over that, but I'm not really sure, to be perfectly just, honest with you. Just go to your sports bet app, Cuz. It'll have the rising star odds on that. Um, I'm a tab man, mate. We've had that discussion before. Oh, well, whatever. You know, come on, mate. I apologise. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I am across it. Um, I do think... Now you are. I don't think... No, no, there's a... Hang on. No, no, just shut up. There's a reason why. There's a reason why I was picked at number one this year by the doggies. That's Hugo Hagen. Yep, I've watched his. I've watched his preseason, and he's been. He's been pretty, pretty good. He's not going to get daunted by senior bodies. He's not going to get. He, he finds his way through traffic pretty well. Um, and rising stars. You know, Matt Rowell will get tagged. That's the problem for Matt Rowell. He'll be the number one tag after five senior games of football, which is insane in itself. And it's a credit to him. So, Eugle Hagen's about the sixth mid in line. I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll go all right. Righto. I'm going to go Rowell. So, who do do we think the tag is back? I've I've heard a few things discussed in relation to taggers now, and blokes being genuinely tagged again and blocked again because I know I reckon it's dropped off in the last couple of years. Um, what is your- it back? Now, yeah, what you'll find, stand on the mark rule. Aaron, what you'll find. Sorry, go, Cuz. Taggers, a good tagger, have the ability to stop their opponent, but now get the footy. You look at the guy um, who was at 3 now at the Jervis, the ball. 
everyone used to say to him, oh, the ball, oh, he's no good. He just gets 12 touches and doesn't do anything. But now he actually stops an opponent and goes back the other way and hurts him. So that's why in that aspect, I think, I don't know, trying not to be negative, but I suppose the tagging, then I think it'll be more, there'll be accountability. But with the change of the rules, with the all that, I think a bit more free-flying as well. Tagging for me is still not has not come back. You know, you're not tagging. What you're doing, you're you're finding the the most important footballer in the midfield, but you're sharking contests. You're actually getting in front of the ball and winning your football. Yeah, I grab cars. You got to find the footy. But instead of a Matt DeBoer, I'll give you Jack Steele, and that's why I'm saying Jack Steele is a ground league chance. He influences a game of football. DeBoer doesn't influence a game of footy. Yes, he negates the best midfielder, so maybe that goes away to winning. But Jack Steele, you watched St Kilda last year, there was at least five or six games in a quarter or half of football. His productivity with the footy was just turned games on its head. So for me, if you've got the ability to read the ruck off the best opposition footballer and, and then influence the game that way, um, it's not tagging. It's just you being a, a sensational midfielder. And the other thing that I'll say Football clubs are a lot more adept and more capable and willing to find that two foot two on one option. So if you look at the way Cripps gets played on every week, you look at the way that uh, Zorko got, got taken out of a lot of games last year. Clubs are willing to play the two on one and back in the two on one to win that contest. So it's not a sole tagger anymore. It's it's either two on one or it's just a guy that knows how to read the game well enough to get his own pill and hurt that bit, their best midfielder back the other way. It's not a Cameron Ling. You won't see the Cameron Ling, Jared Crouch's Crowley's anymore. They're, they're outdated. They're actually gone. Um, Jack Steele's a new standard of, if you like, shadowing the number one on ball on the other team. What, what do you what's think, Gaines? What's the thought process there, guys? Is, it, is that you can't afford to give away or be devote one player to that now because you get too much hurt the other way? Or what's the what's the thought? I don't think it's that. I think it's as we talk about with the blokes that we're coaching. It's all about the accountability. So whether you're setting up in a defensive area, your forward area, midfield stoppage, it's all about the accountability. So the first thing is okay. Let's be positive about us and set up how we want to set up. But as Lovey said before, we identify who are their best players. But we'll back Lovey that even though as is a good player, that Lovey will get to him and I'll be there for backup as another midfielder. It's an awareness as opposed to a saturation, so to speak. Would that be a fair call, Lovey, do you reckon? It is. Um, again, I'll get back to the fact that you still want three attacking midfielders all the time yeah. and you still want to be proactive in what you do even as the third mid. Um, if you're just a complete shutdown footballer, well, I actually, the theory is, and I agree with it, you're actually almost in self-defeatist mode straight away before you've even bounced the ball. You've taken, you've already taken one of one of three options out of the contest because you're just asking him to purely just negate. Now, your best midfielders, by and large, if you look at Greg Williams in the years gone by, if you look at all the best midfielders, they've found ways to still beat taggers. So. To actually, to actually get past that, you actually got to win your own football. 
The easiest way to hurt those gun midfielders is to hurt them by you using the football and still being attacking in your own right. When it comes to accountability, all that is is what's happening off the football. So, yeah, you've won the contest, you've kicked it 35 metres, but the art, the art of negating the, the opposition best mid then or anywhere for that matter is, so what are you doing about the next two steps? Are you a step ahead of the game compared to your opponent? That's proper... For me, that's proper accountability. It's it's reading the game well enough so that then your opposition can't actually get to the football before you each and every time because you've read the game as opposed to just scragging and all the rest of it. No, you can beat that, but you can't beat a bloke that's, that reads the game a step ahead of everyone else. You can't you can't beat that. Well, speaking of that and reading the game and, and cutting off options, I don't know if you how much you thought of the Port Adelaide game, mate, but Alira Lear was just outstanding. Uh Intercept marks. Um, Jake Lever did it again on the weekend. Really, actually started to back themselves, and I think that that role is still super critical in that back line, isn't it? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because and the, and the easy part is they're not a seventh defender; they're still just a defender. They're just reading the game a lot better than their opposition. You're totally right. You don't need a loose defender anymore if you've got a bloke that can do that whilst still being, um, in Cousins' words, accountable to an opponent. <laughs> It's like gold. Mate, as a defensive coach, we say that I say that all the time to defenders. That obviously your first thing to do is defend. That's your defensive position. But once identify again to that accountability, identify for one of a better word, the weaker forward. There will be a forward who they won't play through. So then the smart players and the two blokes you said, probably the best at it, or Probably one better than them is maybe McGovern from hmm. West Coast. Like every side who plays against him knows what he's going to do, but does anyone really negate him? Well, I still I find Darcy Moore now as the best in the comp. Uh, yeah. Well, the best Darcy Moore. Um, I'm happy to mention him. Brendan Fulton, who's the head coach at Louisville, where we are. One of the drills that we do, he speaks about delivering to the forward line, and sometimes he says, "Don't be predictable." So don't get it in. We'd all love it there. Hands out in front. Beautiful. Sometimes get it, just get it in there. and let, So that takes away that predictability that those blokes who zone off and read the play. Like get it in there and then let your forwards do their crafts. Yep, absolutely. Um, another one that's gone into the vault, the great man, Bruce. He's done. Um, I'm going to give you an unpopular opinion. It's about time. Three years overdue. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think Channel 7 hung on as long as they could and kept no. him there. And I think they ran the Cam Smith model, to be honest. They ran with, when it's your time, he'll call it. And well, I think he's done, he's gone on to better better things and he's got plenty of time, plenty of things to offer in racing. Um, and I think he may even bow out after Tokyo, to be honest. I think he's, yep. he's done everything he could in sport. Um you know, let a young bloke like the guest we had on not long ago, Jason Richardson, let him have a crack, you know. Mm. Um, have we been Bruce, lucky enough to maybe have Bruce, yeah, you've but... been lucky. Bruce, you've been lucky. You've had a great time. You've shared the mantle with so many other blokes um, and women, for that matter, coming through the ranks. Be behind the scenes, Bruce. you you got too much to offer, you know. Um, you're, a, you're an absolute uh, database, no doubt. Like he knows there's not much Bruce doesn't know. And... <laughs> 
I think if anything, he should be feeding the, the live feed with the, with the right data. So, and he can do that what's, from his. He, he's right. What's he, what's his best effort? What's his best call? You can never you ever recall. Because I'll, I'll I'll jump on that one for you straight away. Kathy Freeman, two thousand sticks yeah, out a mile. That's it. Yeah. You yeah. cannot. You yeah. couldn't yeah. commentate that better. He epitomised the moment, the situation, her, even her Indigenous background, the whole situation. He just, you couldn't have said, you couldn't have given him a script and said, that's what you're going to read. He just. But you know, you know what he did best in that call? Straight after the event, like straight after, as soon as the race was won and done, he threw it to Raylene Boyle. Yeah. Now, Raylene Boyle is the best in the business from a, a, an experience perspective, and he just let Raylene talk to it. And that was. That was why Bruce was so good. He, he felt the moment, like you said, Cuz, and he allowed those that knew better actually talk. Um, yep. And I think that you know his some of his calls of those late nineties AFL Grand Finals were unbelievable. The way he the way he called in Darren Jarman, um, you know, Wayne Carey, Corey McKernan, and those North Melbourne flags. As much as we hated them as Melbourne and Essendon fans, because we we're pretty close to those ones in those years. Um, he, he, he had a knack. He had a knack. And Kometi's the only other one I put up on the same pedestal as, as McAvaney from an AFL perspective. Yep. Um, but, yeah, his time's come. His time's come. It was interesting Absolutely. talking the other week when we had Jason on, which is just – and the way Jay spoke about him, what <coughs> this is the, he's, he said he's the most – what you see is what you get, most approachable person. Like, he's never got – Never too busy to ask a question, give a bit of advice. And look, I'm with you. I, I think he probably hung on maybe a year and a half too long, but I, I give him the, the COVID. I would too if I'm getting paid two and a half mil a year. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, in terms of with what happened with the footy last year, I know it was on, yeah. but it wasn't what it was meant to be. And with the Olympics, so they, that's why he probably got the hang on a little bit longer. But for me, he's up there with his call of Kathy Freeman's up there with. Bill Collins calling that Cox plate with Bone Crusher and our Waverly Star. Oh yeah, it's up there with things like that. Like it's yeah, it, sitting here now, the hairs on the back of the neck. Like as a sports lover and Australian, two of the most iconic iconic calls ever. Absolutely, yeah, and a good mate of mine, Jace Innes. Uh, absolutely, Kathy Freeman. Um, he mm. gives that the big thumbs up. I remember the '88 Grand Final, Melbourne. Hawthorne, I remember it vividly because we got absolutely hammered by a record margin. <laughs> and we sat in the rain. We sat in the rain in the outer from the under-19s, I reckon, it hammered rain all the way through the first, all the way into the ones. And then when Hawthorne were up by at least 10 goals, I think coming into halftime almost, the the rain settled and it was became half time. And that was the day Bruce called Ben Johnson home in the 100-metre sprint with Carl Lewis. And I'll never forget his comment of, what a win, if it's legal. legal. You know, so he, he, knew, he knew what we didn't know. And yeah. when you look back at any of that footage, it must have been just so obvious to Bruce that Big Ben wasn't himself that day and, uh, and it was, it was, he was proven very correct. It just the fact that he'd be audacious enough to make that comment... Um, like yeah, you said, to, to us teenagers, we had no idea, but I reckon the athletics world probably knew better. 
Um, but to be to be totally honest, mate, I know it was 1988, and the freedom of, I suppose, talking out, out about things a lot different now to back then. But I like that from a sports person or a hmm. sports broadcaster. Guess what? That person's cheating. I'm going to call it out. Yeah. Well, that's what Sung Yang. That's what Sung Yang, the the Chinese swimmer. I mean, there was yeah. commentary that similar uh, along similar lines, and well, shock horror. He's found guilty of doping. So good, call it yeah, out. One, one other Bruce when I was speaking about it was, and I there was one that I don't think he was actually aware. I remember a couple of years ago, one of the races that Weeks won, one of the group ones or something. The Channel Seven. Which one of the thirty odd? <laughs> but the Channel 7 guys, because obviously Bruce didn't call the races at this stage, he was obviously doing the commentary and they were going up to a caller, Matt Hill, whoever it might have been, and then they filmed Bruce watching, and it was like he was actually riding, come on, girl, which is, and everyone would think, oh, why is he doing that, doesn't it? But just that's the passion of a man for something he loves, and it's not just horse racing, it's footy, it's athletics, it's basketball, it's whatever. So he's in, he's in my top three of all time for commentary, for sure. The, the okay, only thing well, I remember, the only thing I remember about the eighty-eight off. grand final. Sorry, go as you go. No, you're right. Go for it. Let's let's close off. Oh, that. a very glib comment. It cost me a visit to the Royal Melbourne Show that year because my dad actually thought that Melbourne would be competitive and he wanted to stay home and watch the grand final. By quarter time, he said, "What time does the show fi- uh, finish that night?" And I said. Dad, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm no longer interested. And we just watched the worst grand final up until that point of all time. So thanks, Melbourne. Well done. It was good. Yeah, well, for, for me, there was only one worse, and that was 2000 against Essendon, mate. So that's a horror story. And that was grand finals, but definitely the worst finals moment for me was the, the year Can before. You Forgive the audience. There's something I've been wanting to show all year, and it goes back to 2000. So keep talking. I'll bring it back. Okay, mate. Righto. Let's let Lovey go and get the goods. Um, Can we talk about <laughs> Yeah, you absolutely can mention it. Um, go on, mate. What, do you, what was yours? So for me, 87 was the biggest football tragedy for me. We played so well. We're up in Queensland watching... And we we're working out whether we we're going to book our tickets early, and that we were in, mate. We were almost celebrating until that final moment. But to be fair, that guy was getting kicked, whether the fifteen or fifty happened at all. Anyway, mate, um, they they sailed through so high it was ridiculous. But to me, uh, it was a winner. Lovey, what do you got? I've been very lucky to see four premierships, and uh, two under TD Bomber Thompson, one under James Heard. Uh, Kevin Sheedy, 2000. You spoke about 2000, mate. That's uh, there it is in a nutshell. That's my that's my bombers in, in, in as as I've seen them over the years. Um, yeah. been very, very lucky uh, to see four premierships. Um, unfortunately, the blokes like yourself, hopefully, you get one very, very soon. Um, yeah, well, one, one thing uh, I am, mate, is incredibly there it is, mate. The one, the James sure. Heard one, the James Heard one, up the other far in there. That's 2000, right? It could have been you. It just wasn't. That's the way it goes. Oh, look, we were a fair way off, to be honest. Um, And I just, you know, there's no doubt the Bombers were the best team um, and the best team coming in. It was a case of who who wanted to play them. And we 
we put our hand up and we had a crack and we got there. Um, but we oh, just I think it was. Well, I think we it was just great. It was great that you guys knocked off Carlton in the first week of finals. That was just absolutely. There's no doubt that was our final. And I think from memory, we actually played Carlton two weeks in a row. You did, or something you? like that. Yeah. To, to and you them. And you pantsed them both times. Yeah, and they were they were big moments for us as a club. But then we really just fell apart after that. Eighty-eight really broke us. Um, even though we weren't ready and shouldn't have been there, we were. I reckon we we're more of a chance eighty-seven if we had got there. But such a long time ago. Let's not let's not revisit too much in the past. Can I say one thing? Not, can I can I say one thing about, about Melbourne? Eighty-eight. Sorry, lovey. Just about eighty-eight. Having obviously I wasn't playing, but being involved at the nineteens at the club at. Melbourne, 86, 87, 88. It's amazing how you can get so close but be so far. I'm not going to, to rub it in because the feel around the place was how good is this? Like, and I can remember even, obviously, as I said, I was still obviously year 12 and 87, so obviously playing 17 under 17 to DLA, we were lucky enough to win our flag. But the whole Melbourne thing was obviously – do it for one of the greatest Melbourne footballers of all time, like, and the way things fell into place that you fell into that final series. You, I think you beat, did you beat the doggies out of the Western Oval or something, or something along those lines? And uh, to be to be no, honest, that, I've, that I've, I've, tried to, I've tried to erase and wash those memories, mate. Um, oh, mate, that's what I'm talking about. Eighty-seven, yeah. Another good mate of mine uh, who just mentioned before is a tragic demon like myself. He's just said, move on. We're over it. <laughs> he's, he's brought the little tear to his eye, mate. So he's he's over the discussion as well, mate. We need to uh, we need to not dwell in the past anymore. Our day will come. Sad. Uh, well, the good part is I've, the, the good Melbourne's won, and that's the Melbourne Storm, and I always have a second backup, mate, as a demon supporter. Nice. So um, the Storm haven't let me down other than that uh, – or the NRL letting us down and stealing our premierships, but that's another do story I, for another day. I feel like we're coming to the vault. Then there's two, there's there's two, there's two categories I want to raise. Sure. So the first category: who's recruit of the year in the AFL? So who's gone to a new club? Who's who's yep. recruit of the year? Yep. And who's winning the NRL premiership? Okay. So let, let's go to the first okay. one. Okay. So the okay. So can I ask? Are we looking at a just a recruit from say? Example, Joe Danaher, Brisbane. Yes, correct. So any guy that's moved from one club to the next? Wherever you got him. Yep. Yep. Right, I'll give you two seconds of thinking time, cousin. I'll drop mine. A little. I'm going going with Big Majak. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you one thing. He's a specimen of a man. We've just got to keep him out there. And to be honest, his time to shine is right now. Right, he's just been said yes. Let's face it, he was playing at North Heidelberg. You know, if he hadn't got picked up by the demons, uh, I'm not saying that North, bad thing. he's playing at North Melbourne, so there's not much difference between North Melbourne and North Heidelberg, anyway. Well, possibly, possibly. Um, yes, we do. Um, so I, I think Majak, big Majak, I think his time is shine now. There are a couple of players down and. It's if it's there, um, he'll make he'll make uh, a good crack. Oh, I just think he's he's um, it's it's there for him, mate. If he wants it, and, and I'm fantastic that Melbourne have given him an opportunity, given where he's been um, and where he's come back from. And I wish him all the best. It's a it'll be a great story if we can a big fairy tale story if we can keep him out there for a while. So give me yours, cuz you've had your ten seconds. I said a little, a little. Okay, righto. Who a little, a little. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Oh, no. I went to say, but you spoke to me. You actually got only got to remember one of the names too, mate, because they're the same. But what is what? How do you pronounce it again? Give us again, Cuz. I'm not going to say it again. You missed it the first time, so that's all right. Can, so let me help you. Alir, 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 Alir. Yes. Well, speaking we, of snoozers, good on Alir, you. Alir, is my. Yeah, and thanks to Dave. Thanks to Dave Cosma for a little shout out to uh, old old Snoopy, mate, or Sleepy. I think he hit Love you with snoozy. snoozy. Good old Snoozy. Yes, uh, so mine, so mine will be the guy that I've picked for the Coleman, um, and that is Jeremy Cameron. I think he takes Geelong to the promised land. That big call, great, perfect. Right, let's throw those three in the vault. What else we got? What else um, is going in? We've got a couple NRL, more minutes. What NRL else goes Premiership. In? All right, NRL Premiership. Come on, mate. Don't... Five, four, three, Penrith. two, one. Penrith for me. It's going to be hard to not be Penrith, honestly. Um, yep. And that, that's early days, very early days. I'd love to, you know, obviously the fairy tale in me says Storm, that they can, they just somehow can get it done every time and Sam Bellamy out, hopefully with another one. Um, I'd love to see the Panthers win. I don't think anyone hates the Panthers, so that'd be great to see. Um, but a big rise, <laughs> rise from the ashes could be, uh, who knows? I, I think, um, you know, Can- Canberra have been there. And they're so ready, and they're the next one, I reckon. Um, I'd love to see the Raiders get up. I think the Raiders want to make up for not getting back there after they got it to two years ago to the grand final. I think, I think a Penrith Raiders grand final would be fantastic for that code. Definitely, It'd be brilliant. It would be brilliant. Yep, I love. I just love. You're not a massive NRL man. Give I us, do, give I us like, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. I'm obviously, if I had a pick for a team, I would support. It's obviously the Storm, but. The um, jungle drums seem to be breeding Penrith, but I think, as Lovey said, also Canberra were dirty that they didn't at least give a yelp after winning one a couple of years ago. So I think, I think the Panthers and they haven't won that many. So mm. yeah, it'd be good, and as you said, Lovey, it'd be it'd be good for the strength of the code. I think. Yep. Yeah. Um, couple of things I want to touch on is. I think this is an absolute fantastic initiative um, to have Plugger come to this game. Hasn't been to a Melbourne a game in Melbourne for ten years. Sorry, two decades, nearly twenty years. So uh, that's yeah. incredible to hear. I wasn't aware that that was the case, and he'd been such a recluse in Melbourne. Um, fantastic to have the great Tony Lockett down here again, honouring his mate Spud. And uh, I think it's a really timely initiative from uh, St Kilda to put on this game um, such a tragedy that young Spud, little Spud uh, Chip Frawley, he's not going to be out there, um, what a devastating moment, I think he would have killed to be out there obviously um, to honour his uncle but how good will it be to uh, to have that and hopefully uh, that can become a round two fixture um, like the Indigenous Games and so many other tribute games we've got I think it'll be great. I, I, I love, I love because Melbourne obviously is the opponent that night uh, in round two, and I think um, Melbourne have had their own tragic story with Broadbridge and and Steinsy and and Neil Danaher, and I think they more than any other club understand what it's like to go through those sort of things. Um, so I think, oh, I think it's apt then I think those two clubs should actually lead this this particular round. I mean, if you want to call a mental health round, then call it 
we need it, we should have it. Um, for me, you know, I, I read, I read about this just the other day. This this particular concept that St Kilda come up with, and and I was in tears reading it. Like I, I just think and I was in tears because it had Anita at the front of it, and you know his three daughters. I, this stuff won't ever leave them ever. And it won't leave the Gary Lyons of the world, the Stewie Lowe's, the Robert Harvey's who front this campaign also. Yep. Um, for me, for me, this this needs just as much of a drive as, as the Indigenous round, as 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 any other particular round. You know, uh, Pink Ribbon round. Um, you know, Neil Danaher's round. This this is just as much of a a, a, a social issue as anything else that you can put up. And um, I think I said it on social media myself, that it'll be the one non-Essendon game. It'll be one of the non-Essendon games for the year. I'm, I'm more than happy to be balls in. I'll be there. I'll chuck money at it. I'll do everything I can. It, it's just everyone should be. And uh, good on St Kilda and good on the Frawley family for stumping up on this because they don't have to. Uh, yeah. They they have every right to just say, look, we we would rather have some privacy. But they're on the front foot with this stuff. And, and the more... The more that the, the the more that there's people out there that are on the front foot with them, oh, I think, and you're not going to cure mental health. The, 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 it's just awareness. It's just making people more aware of how this stuff impacts people and how we can go better as society in addressing mental health in general. That, that's that's how I look at this particular game. Fuck footy. It's 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 actually about yeah. the mental health aspect of it. It, it, yeah, definitely. Cause it's great to see you say that, Lovey. And without talking about the here, we know about your situation and how we've all been touched by it. And I think you need to give yourself a little bit of pat on the back, mate, because you are fantastic about it. You you go out of your way to make awareness of it, and I'm, and that's why, as me, I'm so proud of you, but also of you as that the support you're both given me. That's why we've started this at now episode 28. Yes, we've had a lot of fun tonight and talking about the footy and all that sort of stuff. But that's why when I – like, and I'm like you, and I even now, and I can see you with it. When I'm watching that, I'm thinking, God, how are his daughters and wife going to cope? That's their dad. Mm-hmm. Like that, and, and you think, what, what can I do? There must be something I can do. It must be something easy I can do. Give 10 bucks, ring up someone. And that's when I think, and I, and I look now and with my boys and tours and that, I think we've got to all make an effort. Yes, are we going to stop people committing suicide or people struggling with depression or whatever it might be? No, but we just need to make the awareness of it. And that's where I think putting a serious nature on what we do with the podcast, that's why I am proven to be part of this podcast and the, the thank you that, when we started it, and we all know this, we thought we'd get nothing, but actually people have actually come up and said, God, you blokes with your kids, but geez, you made me laugh. Geez, you made me, you made me stop and think about things. Yep. And me, I think you especially lovey, and you as, because you did start it up, I'm just a good-looking bloke in the corner who snores occasionally. So I think, we, yeah, it's, it's been great, and I'm, I'm honoured to be a part of it. By the way, you eat too much. But the the the, the uh, I eat well. <laughs> like I said, look for me, just round two, rock up, stump up, yeah. just yeah. do it. Find a way. You don't have to. 
just be a footy fan. Just get there and respect the event for what it will be. Um, and then walk, and, and you know, if, if you go to that game and you walk away from it, walk away from it thinking, I wonder if I can do something. I wonder if I can help my mate next to me. I wonder if I can wake up the next day and go, you know what, I'm going to go do this. And even if it's just for one day, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Do something. Just, just keep trying to think you can do something to help someone else out. Yep. Yeah, well, a good sure. mate of mine said to me not long ago, he said, uh, and he jumped on Facebook Live and just, I wouldn't say preached a message, but he just said, look, he's had a mate that's just gone down the wrong road and and he was in a pretty dark place. And his words to him, and he was doing a podcast very similar to this. And mm. he was on every day and it was all part of, you know, for him, it was more about just connecting with people again. And one guy that actually drove, then rang, rang my mate and said, I'm actually driving now and I'm actually checking myself into a rehab place mm-hmm. because you've inspired me to go and do it. You know what? And he saved him. He absolutely. saved him. I reckon he could have been an hour, five minutes. Absolutely. Yep. So what I'd yep. say to you guys and pin anyone else listening or anyone else that listens to this afterwards, what I want you to do in the next couple of days and between now and just let's call it a couple of days, don't text someone tomorrow. Do me a favour and pick up the phone to five people. Yep. Drive around. The three of us do that. Yep. There's 15 people we're going to speak yep. to. And, and and don't just call a couple of five people that you've spoken to recently. Dig a bit deeper in your phone or dig a bit yep. deeper on Facebook and connect with someone. And let's let's make a pact that by, to, by this time next, next week, we've chatted to at least five people that you hadn't spoken to for, for a while and say g'day. Now, they're not specifically male at all. But I want a couple of them to be men, a couple of them to be women, people you know, ex-family, whatever. It doesn't matter. Someone you haven't spoken to for a while, let's do it. Because I can tell you, picking up the phone and hearing a voice is so much better than seeing a text and getting mixed in a mixed message. So let's do, let's make a pact to do that together. And Eddie Zammett, who's been on the show recently, yes. said great words. And that was in respect of uh, what you said before, Lovey, um, in relation to mental health and how relevant it is now and uh, a fantastic initiative that St Kilda's done, and I hope the AFL take it on board and do a whole round of it um, across every game. Um, that's where it needs to be. It can't just sit in one game, and hats off to St Kilda for taking it on board and starting it. It's something that should have been done already. Um, there's way too much uh, the bit, the, out there. The best part about this is no, it's not a, it's not a politicised issue. Just, yep. just do it. Just yeah, fell. Just do it. You, you you lose nothing. You gain everything. Just yeah, just correct. raise it. Raise it for the sake of raising it. Just just absolutely do it. And it's funny. You, you, I don't know if you've copped back, or you, you I can't remember. You said your friend copped a, a little bit of backlash about you know preaching and the rest of it. Well, it's funny because on and I, I was off Facebook for a month, and uh, I thought, well, you know, being called and someone who's just preaching all this stuff and being woke and all that shit. Well, yeah, good on you. Um, I've decided to get back on Facebook. And the only reason I say that is because you've got to, if you can share what you go through, but also if you know certain things that other people don't, I feel incumbent to let those people understand that potentially these are the things that could help you out. I'm not telling you to go and do something. So that's not being preachy. That's just... 
people don't shouldn't be afraid to try and help others out. You don't have to know things. You literally just have to, like you said, Aaron, you just have to ring up and just say good day and just check in. Yep. Because to your point with your mate, I might be ringing at the absolute most appropriate time. I don't know it. I wouldn't have a clue. I could be just preventing someone from doing something really stupid. So uh, anyone that's on this particular podcast um, who listens in, does whatever, um, do what Aaron do what Aaron's just asked you to do. It's not just us. Well, us three will do it. That's that's a late hammer's hair. It's it's um, it's everyone else. Everyone else doing it. Just just do it. Yep. Everything to the power of five, mate. You'd be amazed how many numbers we could reach. So yep. hundred. Let's uh, just on that. I, I think we're also going to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to throw in the vault as many. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go with uh, the mental health component just for a little bit. And next week we're going to announce someone that we're going to align ourselves to for a month um, and raise awareness for, and then we might pick someone again the next month or something like that. So we'll get two shows. If we can, we'll try and uh, get someone on or get a message, a relevant message that we need to get out for that particular charity and what they're pushing um, or their message at the moment. So let's uh, rack our brain with who we're going to start with for next week's show. I think that's a good initiative because we I know we started with a couple with uh, Black Dog Institute and Matt Crone, uh, the Pat Cronin Foundation. So and having having Matt on was um, incredible. So we'd love to hear. We'll get Matt on again soon, actually, because they've got a new campaign they re- just released. So okay. um, we'll have a chat about that. So I'll, I'll try. Uh, no promises, but I'll try to reach out from Lovey. Knows Cardinal York from our Black Rock footy days. Matt Fennis played footy with us, who's now doing an absolutely amazing job as CEO at St Kilda. So I'll reach out to him. Like obviously coming into footy season, make any promise. But even if you can give us a just a five minute grab, because the way they've been about so many things, we spoke about the mental health awareness, but obviously looking after all the different people that it takes to make a football club boy girl transgenders, whatever there are, all those different communities. They've been very much mm. on the forefront, the front foot about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, on a lot of note, did we do the Brownlow before? I've had a no, couple of shirts. No, we did. You've okay. had a couple of- <laughs> so, actually, I was just about to say, did we actually? I don't think we, we did. did. We ran with I don't Coleman. Think we have. Coleman, oh, and we it, ran with. I did my best it, work after 8 p.m. Can I give you your answers, Alan? You went with Jack Steele for the Brownlow as a Smokey. Oh, we you did too. With the Bond. Yeah. yeah okay. Right. Well, and, there you and go. On the Alan, as opposed now, to. Did, did, did we pick any premiership winners? We picked the top two. <laughs> I've got eleven in my final eight. Is that? A, is that? A, <laughs> <laughs> you know what we That's didn't right. do? We didn't pick a bottom eight and wooden spoon. Oh, okay. okay. Let's 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 do, let's not go bottom eight, but let's go let's go wooden spoon. Who you got? North Melbourne. Yeah, unfortunately, I think North Melbourne. Oh, no, no. Shake those tins, North Melbourne. Adelaide. Did you see that game, any of that game, Adelaide and Port? Yeah, look. It was putrid. It's easy to say Adelaide now after that effort, but they stunk, didn't they? They they couldn't have had a worse worse day. Um, Yep. Even though it was a practice match, we get up as Essendon supporters for Hawthorne. Doesn't matter what time of year where it is, 
it's a showdown. And to, to dish up that a week out of the season, big, big, they, big um, returns. They did stink. Yeah. They did stink pretty badly that, that that day, a few days back. But North Melbourne for me, I, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I really do struggle with seeing North Melbourne winning more than four games for the year, to be honest. And I think if you were to do a bottom eight, just real quickly, um, I see six clubs not winning more than six games. And I really think there's a, a, a big chasm between probably a top 10 to the rest. I don't see Essendon winning more than six games for the year, as, as hard as that is to say. I, I really don't. Um, I think Sydney Swans will battle to win six. Obviously, Adelaide, North Melbourne. I think Hawthorne will battle to win six. And I don't care what anyone says. I find Carlton. They might win six to eight. But... How many did the premiership team win last year? And I don't include the finals. So to make the – to finish top, how many games did... I don't think it matters because I don't, I'm not sure top, top of the ladder hasn't necessarily won the premiership in a lot of years recently. So um, I think what, Geelong finished on top and they lost four games all year. And what were, how many games did they play last year? 22. They played the full 22? It was 22, 17. can't remember. But Geelong finished on top with four losses. Yeah. I don't think it was 20 in the end. Um, it was, actually, it was 17. They played each other once. Yeah. And that's... A, your statement, Lovey, and that's—I was going to ask a question, and you've answered it. But I'm to see what you think going a bit further with that. Do you think the chasm, gap, what do you want to call it, between the, the elite? So let's say no teams, but say the top four, and the bottom four. Do you think it's going to be a lot bigger than in other years? There'll be eight games difference. Yeah. I say eight games difference between the top eight. And so potentially the bottom to, four. To finish eighth, you think it would be 12, 12 and 10. 20. Yeah. It could even be 13 9. In actual fact, because you've got such a because you've got a, such a, a big bunch of teams that won't win more than six to eight games for the year, that means that your top eight are probably going to win 13, 14 games at least. Um, it could be back like the old days in, in the 80s where you could have a 15 and 7 record and not play finals. I haven't gotten in or front a 14 of and 8. Who do we think in terms of what we've put in the vault so far? <clears throat> who do you think will drop? So who's going to drop out of the eight but free fall out of the eight? Do you think that Collingham. will happen this year? Collingham, you, you, cannot, you, cannot, you cannot have your culture turned upside down like that and then still expect to play finals-type football for most of the year to ensure you make finals. You cannot do that. They're, they've... I, no one's on the inside, so we don't know how well they've managed their culture. But the fact of the matter is they've lost four depth players. They've they've drafted at best at number 70, um, which doesn't have an impact for two or three years. But the facts remain, you've had really good people walk out of that club. They're going to be relying on at least four or five blokes that are coming back from long-term injuries, Jeremy Howe being the key one. I, I just don't see that. I don't think they've got the depth. To play finals football at all, and I think they could they could drop as far as about eleventh or twelfth. So with that, then, and that's a good question and a, a good sorry statement, I should say. <laughs> Do you think Richmond? I didn't, I didn't think I asked a question at the end no. of that. But that's all right. Hold on, mate. Do you think Richmond manage their culture better 
or because of their position on the ladder and the quality they had. And I'm not saying that to, I'm not to, just to be devil's advocate. Do you think like, and I'm, I there's no best, like, so there, there's no best yeah. way to manage a culture. It's yeah. just you manage what you've got in front of you. And Richmond just seemed to be able to do that well enough to then go out and win games of football, regardless of what's happening in the background. Different clubs well, manage watch, different things. Well, you it's watch a, it's a, a, Amazon show that I think it's. Yeah, I couldn't give a shit. Uh, that's yeah. that's all just whatever. I mean, the fact is, no one really knows what goes on inside. I mean, West Coast, you could easily claim the same things about West Coast, and uh, they ended up winning the 2006 Premiership, and yet you, anyone would think they've got the culture of an absolute. Division Five Southern Football League mentality, but they won it because they managed they managed they managed their issues the way they wanted to, and that's that's all there's to it. All the rest of us are speculate. Media can speculate as much as they like. Um, Richmond just do what they what they think is best, and it's worked for them. And it's the same with West Coast, same with Geelong, same with Collingwood. Look, Collingwood may finish top six. I don't know. No one knows that, but um, it's more about the personnel that's left rather than their culture. Yep. Well, my plummeter for this season is the Pies, and I think they're going to mm. finish on the bottom. There you go. I'm throwing that one in the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Only because it'd be it'd be great to see being a non-Collingwood supporter, which we are. So that'll that'd put the cat amongst the pigeons, and uh, there's just no doubt. Any... Just writing out my TAB multi here. Cheers, right. Cheers to Collingwood and the wooden spoon yet again. Cheers to the Pies. So on, on your Maguire. Thing, uh, there's no doubt this was going to happen, but Eddie, Eddie's tipped uh, a three-peat for the Tigers, so that was that was no uh, surprise. Uh, and, yeah. But he's also tipped one that's not too bad. Let's see this one happen. The Swans on the bottom. Ooh. It's not yeah. a bad, not a bad pick, but I don't think so. I think uh, mid range. I think your call was pretty good, um, Lovey, with Adelaide. So who knows? Who knows? Mm. Well, he yeah. went what north first. Let's go with, let's go with the bottom. One more thing in the vault. What's what's it going to be? I, I reckon. Let, let's just go to the major sporting cons that are going to have a result at the end of the year. So let's forget about the Premier League. Man City are going to win that. Hang on one yep. second, mate. Go back to AFL for one second. Just for, all right. Can we say which coach will not survive the year? Buckley. Buckley. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I actually right, think so. finish bottom. There's no chance. <laughs> so it's Bucks. That's an obvious one. Um, I, I, I reckon this this could be harsh, but if they don't win at least three of their first eleven games this year, um, I think Adelaide will move on their current head coach. No, I don't think so. I don't Only care if you don't think so. That's just my view. There you go. So that's you know, what remind, you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of Mark Neal at Melbourne, and Aaron, poor bugger, would understand what that's all about. Mark Neal was not up to that role. He was disgusting, and the way he went about uh, not even mentoring any of those footballers at all, um, it was it flew in the face of what he learned at Collingwood at that time. It was staggering. You know, what, um, Mark Neal was just not good. It was just not appropriate to be a senior head coach, and if they're not at least three wins from their first 11 games, Adelaide. I think the pressure goes on to Knicks. That's it. He's working as a special comments man now for K-Rock. Driving, oh. driving home from GMHBA on Saturday night. This bloke said, oh, what do you think? I thought, that's Neil. Which, look, he obviously <laughs> earn our money, but 
I thought that he's fallen. He's had a pretty big fall. Did he end up at the Bombers? Yeah. Where, where don't. The just don't. Uh, <laughs> right. I'll leave, I'll leave that one in the vault too. Let's, let's throw Mark Neal in the vault. Oh. Hang on, mate. We've done all right the Bombers, though. Because oh, where? Dan, facetious. Dan Richardson, who is a very good amateur footballer. His father played for Premiership Play at Richmond. So we got rid of Dan for whatever reason. Then we replaced him with, hang on a minute. He, he took we Richmond went, to the 2017 Premiership. No, but we then replaced him. We, we went to the quality. We went to the most, the team that have always been around the mark with us, the team that we thumped in 2000. We went to Josh Marnie. Honestly. See your football department head, I think, as? Yeah, I think he's, he was us, with us for too long. Um, what is and... it with their two clubs constantly picking up trash? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I don't well, understand you got, it. You got good things to be thankful for, mate. Heard he's back, so let's see how that goes. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I tell you what, I tell you, you know what, I'm the future rising star, not like not this year, but next year, will be his son. Put it, put the money in the bank right now. Well, hopefully, it doesn't end up like another sauce situation, mate. Um, I'm surprised you're not listening either. Yeah, well, I think don't be surprised, mate. Um, he's going to end up at a club somewhere. He's got too he much will. to offer. He was great for GWS. I know he had a big checkbook up there, but... Um, Nepotism caught him at Carlton. Should never have been tipped out of Carlton, but the big boys in the big room, like Juddy, really? all pushed him out. So, oh, um, Carlton, Carlton be, best, be. best thing they did was get rid of Sauce. He was full of nepotism, mate. Mm. Ben mm. Silvani should never have been drafted in the first place. He just was yep. not up to it. Jack, yep. yes. Ben, no. Okay, so the last one. Grand final, back to a day game. I yes, think that's please. that's a good move. Not, um, not we had a chance. The feather. That was always yep. going to happen. Sick of being American with all this shit. I think we just need to uh, get back to our own grassroots and keep it that way. I think the day game at 2.35 or 2.30, whatever it is that they're now kicking off at, it's brilliant. Love it. Just yep. It's a perfect day. It's a perfect time slot for it. Well, I think um, Eddie's, Eddie's on the money. Um <laughs> What an astute astute footy brain, Um, Eddie. He loves his footy. Obviously, he's up and about and everything he says right now or says turns into gold right now, being the Tiger man. So let's run with that as well. Um, And Jace, good mate of mine, says uh, the Ds have been very lucky. (laughs) Um, We'll take them, mate. We'll take them. So... I was, very, I was very happy to have both of those, to be honest, and Malksham hasn't really had a big chance. He's been riddled with kind of injuries recently. but um, Hibbert, Hibbert, Hibbert's pig by name, pig by nature, though. He's yeah, well, he's very much like Luke O'Sullivan back in the day at Carlton, mate. He, he oh. can play. Don't worry, he can play. His hey, knee's Jack. still back in the Waverley turf, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Jack, thank you very much for your input, mate. Wise words from a passionate demon. We like to go back to the about the good old days, and we like to thank you for Tony Elshaw. Couldn't get a kick at Melbourne. Yeah, but yeah true. That's okay. Turn over. Like and maybe to finish on, maybe to finish on, guys. We didn't. We should have started with this. Twenty eight. Your famous, most famous twenty eight, or give me a twenty eight moment or something. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Paul Weston. Right. <sighs> Michael Woods for Fitzroy. Remember Michael Woods? He wore the long, almost the knickerbocker oh, shirt. Oh, yeah, the knickerbockers. 
Was he 28? I think. He was 28. Um, nah, look, for me, the boy from Neil, Floody, David Flood was... Uh, <laughs> What he was, gun? he was, he was, I tell you what, if, if, if you ever want to have, I know there's a lot of stiff stories about not making grand finals, but if you kick four in a prelim <laughs> and then you don't play in the fucking grand final next point, you, you're a bit, you're a bit stiff, aren't you? 93? Can you just go back over that, the R rating? That's the first half yeah. of the night. On the wines, you can tell. It's 929, mate. Don't give a shit. There it goes. Took a waiver. <laughs> oh, good. Just while just while we're pumping things, if anyone wants to find us, this is how you find us. Type in that detail, link tree slash. So what's been happening? That gives us all our socials and how to get to us. So look out for that um, and get on board. Um, so my back to my original question. Go for it, mate. Sorry, you go. Twenty eight. Yep. Back in the day, the great Jamie Dersma. Oh, go with that. <laughs> Hang on. Hey, he was super. And he's yeah. still in the middle of the Windy Hill tour from Simon Madden, if I recall. Yeah, correct. He did well too. Yep, Sydney Swans, and he actually went to Brisbane yeah. and never played a game. Did he? Did he play so, in your grand final team? Eighty-eight. Was he in the grand final team? Just from memory. Um, I thought he. I think he was, wasn't he? I can't yeah. tell you because that's, as I said, that's been erased. But other than that yeah, moment. Brother Dean Dersma as well, he might have played. Yeah, no one cares yeah. about blokes like that. Just elites yeah. like me. I mean, Jamie Dersma was um, Jamie Dersma was a bloody good utility. You threw yeah, him mate, forward, back. He could go right. Had to come on. Yep. What? Here's another one from Jace. David Cordner. David. Uh, <laughs> going back a bit. Uh, Hollywood. Number twenty-eight. Um, a couple of useless, loose, useless facts for twenty-eight. The Arab alphabet. 28 letters. We're going with really? some useless facts here. And that, here's the has that, only, has that only got 28 letters? It yeah, looks there like you go. Only yeah, yeah. And the melting point of butter starts at 28 degrees. So there we go. There's a useless really? fact you'll never hear right? again. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I don't know how true those facts are, but that's what I found. Bloody hell. Well, okay. Now, back to my original question. Sure. Let's so EPL's done. EPL's done. Man City will win that, right? We all agree yeah. with that. You sure? <laughs> yes, they are. NBA NBA champion. Who's going to beat? Oh, it's kind of hard to call right now. I'm going to go the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, uh, I... Who's going to win the MLB? Major League Baseball. Well, that's... That's even tougher. You reckon you can't pick an NBA uh, NBA winner? No, that's uh, right. That is going to be tough. Oh, and oh, what's what's going to be the major headline? Well, we're going to put that in the vault. What's going to be the big right. AFL headline for the year? Can the Red Sox win the win the baseball? I'll go with that. I'd love them to, but they won't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd love they, it. I think their roster's their roster's yeah. putrid. Um, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think. Uh, I think you'll find the Dodgers will be back there again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. LA so seem to have the teams the at the moment. Yeah. Yep. So, so, big headline yeah. for the AFL for the year. Um, well, we need something big, but you can't be too quick. I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go a serious one. We don't get sued. I'm going to go one serious one, and that is player misses out due to new concussion protocol, the 10-day rule. Player, what's that? Misses. Player misses out on grand final due to concussion 10 day protocol. 
Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, big story. That'd be a big story. Yep. Um, oh, is it 12 days? Is it 10 or 12 now? I can't remember. It's actually 12 it's because it's actually 12, 12 because 12. Uh, Timmy English got concussed on the weekend. His 12th day is going to be when they play round one. So it's 12 days. Yep. So someone will miss out, having almost missed two weeks of football. And big main at Melbourne has had his first concussion already, so that's not a good start. Um, so he's missed the start. But I'm not, I'm not laughing at it, but it's just done. God. Big, big thing in the AFL. Um... All right, while you're thinking about yours, I'll go with mine. Yeah, sorry. I reckon we're going to have a player test positive. Oh, really? No, not Corona. Well, let's hope it's not Corona because that'll shut the league down. Let's. I think it's time to so, uh, performance strike. enhancing or illicit performance enhancing, right? Yeah, I think a, th- a third strike's got to got to go now. Um, there's been too much. Uh, around this subject for too long and we can't hide them forever and I think someone's actually going to get the third strike this year and be interesting to see what happens. Um, not that not that there's a, a, probably a truckload on the list, but you always hear about, you know, plenty of stories of what's gone on and going on. And, um, Guess what? Just, They're only uh, human. We can't forget this number 28, the push-up. Being the push-up. <laughs> probably, there's a pattern forming with Eddie. A Probably one of the best. But it's fair to say Eddie's been in great form tonight. So, Eddie, thanks for your involvement, mate. Uh, good luck to the Tigers in the three-peat chase. I, I actually want Eddie to design a T-shirt based upon his post tonight, whether it's on the front <laughs> or back. It doesn't matter. I want him to actually design a T-shirt, and I'll wear it. I'm happy to wear it. I'll wear it no, and I'll pay for it. Yep. Don't care. Well, he's Don't. posted a few great comments. He's got yeah, Tigers, well, Wooden Spoon, Swans, Bulldogs that drop out of the eight. Um, yep. And obviously, I won't, I won't tattoo it. I won't put them on as tattoos, but I'll certainly wear it as a T-shirt. There you go. I'm going to go out there because I think the world's a changing place, as is the AFL from both a woman's or women's, I should say, and male perspective. And I think this year we will have our first male AFL player come out and admit that he is gay. Fair call. And I, yeah, mean, well, that's, I think it's, I I think it's about time, and I hope yep. hope that player. Long overdue. Gets the support, gets the support that comes with making such a big statement. Absolutely, and I think they should take a leaf from uh, from the the you know the acceptance from an AFLW point of view that you know there's been so many guys and girls in in amongst that space that have uh, that have um, you know come come out and declared what they're and and it's not really anyone's business other than they should be made to feel comfortable as well. And I'm, I think it was great that. Hugh Sheridan came out recently as an actor, yep. and uh, he's finally announced that he's and hopefully he goes gets a lot more comfortable and um, you know can can live his life. He announced it, and how fantastic he then proposed. How good was that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, my not my not so serious one. <laughs> it goes back to your mural behind you, Aaron, yep. and uh, Dustin Martin to have a new tattoo if they win their. Fourth premiership in five years, you yeah, put on his neck. Thank you, Mrs. Hardwick. <laughs> can you put up the oh, Alan? Can you put up the disclaimer? I'll let one go. That one go through the keeper. <laughs> I'm waiting for Eddie now. 
Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, no. Thank you, Mrs. Hardwick. All fun and games. Well, you never know. Dusty might be that one that actually comes out. Who knows? You just As don't what? know. Yeah. The new Mrs. Hardwick or the... What's he going to come out as? Well, it might, be dusty. might be Dusty and who knows? Who knows who, who, what's going <laughs> on there? He's, um, just done, though, do he's, he's hitting the chopsticks, I hope. That's all I care about. Yeah, yeah correct. Not at all. Not at all. All right, guys. Um, oh, nothing like a 45 minute that goes for an hour and a half. So we've done a, yeah. we've done we've a done great show. Again. Give us your last one off, Cuz. Before we go, and it's hard to be quick about this, just in a couple of sentences, what an amazing man, Michael Gudinski. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Um, yeah. I wanted to touch on that before we finished. And yeah. just, uh, you know, a special man, um, no doubt. Um, had his knockers for sure. Um, there's a lot of people, you know, that, that he, he believed that, that he favoured um, yeah, certain bands or, uh, certain people, um, and if you weren't in his his love list, um, you're out. But the list, do yourself a favour, classically, and Google Mushroom Records and find out how many artists he has put on the map, and it's just an incredible story. So Michael Gudinski, um, this this concert series that he was about to do would have been massive, and hopefully they can get that up and over the line as a tribute. I will. Um, will. Michael Gudinski, 1952 to 2021 what a legend and a pioneer um and hopefully um i don't think uh, while he had his knockers and he's um he was definitely respected in the, in, in the industry and did so much for so many people and gave so many people starts um and i think another one who was really his opposition but became very close mates was michael chug so um yeah. great to have those as promoters and bringing back live music and it's just a shame that we've got to we've gone through this COVID period Sadly, we've lost Michael now, and he doesn't get to enjoy the spoils of all his hard work that he's put in in the last uh, six to eight months. And what a great oh, would... with sorry, Lovey, just with yeah. the last week the uh, Australian Cup. Like there's a yep. higher power that the horse that he was quite probably an owner of that, and his son was able to be there. So it's yeah, the the good things happen to good people. Analogy. You know what I dare people to do? Look up who it was that Mushroom put their umbrella over and just look at the back catalogue, yeah. I, I think you'll find that Michael Gudinski is far, far, far more humble than what people potentially perceive him to be. Um, he's had some of the best bands and best musicians on the planet over five decades. So, yep. Uh, Valet Michael Gudinski, and I dare anyone to go and get that catalogue accordingly. Download it. You will have for weeks upon weeks just the best music you can come across, particularly in Australia. He's just been he's been brilliant for us as as listeners, as as music aficionados and fans. Um, you won't get him again. You just won't get it. Well, Bruce Springsteen paid him the ultimate compliment, like we all know. Yep. What catalogue Bruce Springsteen's got? That he's the best promoter I've ever worked with. Did you yeah. see Ed Sheeran during the week? Yeah. Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran actually bought his statue, a bronze statue of Gudinski, yeah. as a joke two years ago. Now it's front and square in his own his own home, and he couldn't have said anything anything more kinder about Michael Gudinski. So the guy's global. 
and as he yep. should be. Yep. Yep. Righto, boys. An hour and a half uh, is well and truly long enough. We'll have to cut yep. this one up into two two segments as well. Give us your closing thoughts, Cuz, for the week. Uh, All-star mall prediction, prediction on Saturday. Yeah, you're asking the wrong guy here, but Lovey, who have you got? No, nah, I'm not. I haven't got an all-star prediction. Um, it's a shit race anyway. Uh, for me, I I still want people to do the thing you asked everyone to do: bring five yeah. people and say yeah. good That's my call out. Um, yep. You know, it's it's too important not to do it, and. You know, don't underestimate the influence that you can have on someone else, even for that fleeting five-second moment you say, good day, how are you going? Yeah. Because it can mean the difference between someone being from there up there. It and makes all the difference people, in the world. Absolutely. I want, we want people to have a think of and listen to this and think of this next time. You might have spoken to someone the wrong way. Just relax. <laughs> and there's a classic, classic Razor Ray. I love well, it. You know what? We laugh about oh, I love it. him. I love him. But, but it's actually a good thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Griggy yeah. knew it. Griggy knew yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I think it's one of the best moments, and I, we, I, we'll always keep that footage as a little snippet on the show to throw in somewhere. And um, it's okay. You know, it's okay. It's I love right. it okay. at the end. Um, yeah. I'm just going to go. Go, go lovey. Cuz, last one. I remember a game SM played Sydney, oh, probably around the 2000s, and Mark Johnson, the ruggedy sort of midfielder for the Bombers. It was a sort of. Oh, I loved him. Oh. <laughs> he didn't even, he just tackled a guy and he didn't swear. He just said, Get up, you dog. He did all he said. He didn't swear. Oh, yeah. And the guy goes, You don't speak like that, mate. That's a free kick. 50 metres. <laughs> and then he looked at him and went, are you fucking kidding? And he goes, that's 50 now. <laughs> <laughs> just like this, that didn't swear the first time. He said, just get up, you dog. And then he swore and the umpire just went, better come back now, Mark. I'll tell you yes. what, every bloke, every bloke I did hit in the head, um, I did ask after if they've been okay. It, it's one of those things. You just do it. Caring, sharing, Alan, I love it. You, you, just, you, just, make sure, you just make sure they're all right. That's all. I don't think that would have been in Cuz's mantra, that's for sure. I think Cuz would have made sure, <laughs> would have made sure they were down. Um, and Particularly the umpires. Yeah, well, he made sure he ran far enough away to not get caught for the next one. So, uh, boys, really appreciate an hour and a half of your time tonight. It's been Thank great you. having a bit of a laugh and a bit of a joke um, with a little bit of seriousness thrown in there, um, which is always a great message. And, Lovey, uh, thanks for being a little bit open tonight, mate, a little bit vulnerable, and, and that's always good to talk about, mate. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about in the next month or so in relation to mental health, and I can't wait to dig a little bit deeper on the three of us and, and some people we might know, and, and we'll talk about some great topics because I think between us we've got a lot to offer to a lot of people. So once again, boys, thanks for your time. That was uh, episode 28, the Jamie Dersma special of the <laughs> known as the capsule and the vault, the vault edition. So I just want to play a clip to finish out. That'll be the end of the show. Um, little tribute to the great Cameron Smith. Thanks, boys. See you soon. See you, lads. Look after yourselves, everyone.